Recently, somebody left a comment on my channel asking about what is my experience as a black person in South Korea. I actually made a video about this a long time ago. Yeah, about six years ago, I made that video. And so I want to give an update on it because my views, while generally the same, uh, some things have changed uh, based on more experiences in Korea, traveling around Korea, being married. My wife is Korean. Uh, our daughter is half Korean, half American. So my, my views have evolved along with my time here in South Korea. Overall, my experience in South Korea has been overwhelmingly positive. Like, this is where I will live probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't really have a desire to move back to the States. I don't really have a desire to live in any other countries. Maybe Australia. If I've been here a total of, what, nine, almost ten years now. It's, it's kind of like I've just made this my second home. Of course, I'm still an American. Some things about my worldview, uh, while they have uh, remained American, a lot of my views have changed. And I'm not talking about, like, politically, although some of that has changed as well. Uh, but more so just the way I, I view uh, things like racism you know jumping to conclusions about how people may or not may not be treating me first and foremost i will say that as an american we americans tend to think of the world as just america like it's just america every other country is somehow i don't want to say yeah you know i'll call it we think every other country is secondary to the united states and this was bred from when i was a kid and joined the military you know even stronger but it's lessened to a great degree um, over the 10 years that I've been here in South Korea. And that's not to say you know, I have no love for my country, but I think the, the time I've spent overseas has allowed me to reframe a lot of the things that I used to take for granted in the States and, and see them through different lenses. That's one point. And another way my views have kind of evolved is as a person of color from the United States. Uh, it's like, it, it's not for no good reason, but we are very hyper-focused and hypersensitive and always on the lookout for uh, people treating us poorly as a person of color. And it's warranted. I mean, if you're a person of color in the United States, you know what I'm talking about. It's warranted. But I think one of the biggest mistakes I made early on uh, in my time here in South Korea and a lot of people that come from the States that are a person of color, uh, the mistake that they make as well is assuming that the way people treat you in the States is going to be the same for people who live in other countries. Meaning, you know, if somebody's staring at you in the States, um, that has a certain meaning with it. You know, if somebody's staring at you, it's confrontational. You know, staring is confrontational by its very nature. But in countries like South Korea, staring may or may not be a confrontational thing. I just finished my my evening run. Uh, this is my running, my running path out here. Man, it's so nice, man. This whole area is really nice. Um, it's quiet, it's next to a stream. It's peaceful. This whole thing is just nice. It's a nice place to run. It's like 1130 right now. A first point of mention, if you are a person of color coming to South Korea, is understanding that you look different than 99% of the people here. <laughs> That's a given. I think we can all expect that. Um, but with that comes like this um, double-edged sword, meaning on the one hand, we're unique. You know, we're different from the homogenous Korean society. You know, we just look different. Black men in particular uh, are almost fetishized in a similar way that Westerners kind of have like Asian fever, yellow fever. And what I mean to say by that <laughs> is we are not seen as like a first option when it comes to like a long-term or a serious relationship. Uh, we're seen as a good time fun if you're hanging out with a, with a group of black guys you know you can assume it's probably a, a good time you know dancing music you know it's it's fun but if you're trying to like step outside of the dating game and really find a long-term relationship it could be hard um, to find 
somebody who's willing to look at you differently than simply somebody to date or a fling. Now, and if that's what you're into and that's all you're here for, hey, man, do you. But that's not really my vibe. You know, I've always been more of like a, a one woman kind of man. You know, just that's just how I've been. It was a struggle. <laughs> it was a struggle, man. But uh, I, I landed the woman of my dreams and we have a beautiful daughter. So I'm doing well in that department. It, you know, it's hard sometimes, man, that the way that we're viewed as and, I, and I, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here because I don't want people to get shit twisted. We're seen as kind of a lesser person compared to like white Westerners. Case in point, one of my best friends of all time. <laughs> He's from the Netherlands, uh, the whitest could be, you know. Uh, and I mean, when he and I used to go out together and stuff, he would always command attention. And so would I. But when it came down to it, most Korean girls usually gravitated towards him. Now, granted, you know, his game might be better than mine. Like I told you, I'm not really that type of guy. I'm more of like a true one girl, and I, I kind of stick with one girl for a while. He is not that way. <laughs> Your boy sows his seeds, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my, that's, my, that's my dog, man. With that being said, like, it, it's just, it's different, man. Like, they, meaning particularly older generation Koreans, uh, see uh, black guys as less intelligent. We're kind of boxed in those stereotypes of, like, rappers and... Uh, basketball players, athletes, like physical prowess is assumed, you know? is <laughs> an example, when I first came out here, I was an English teacher, uh, which is how a lot of foreigners, a lot of Americans and Westerners come out to South Korea is as English teachers. A lot of my students were surprised when they found out I couldn't play basketball. Like, real talk, I can't play, man. I do not play basketball. I play soccer. <laughs> um, I, I play darts. I'm really good at darts. Um, I compete, but I don't do basketball. Um, not a big football person, and I don't even know sports that well. It's just not my thing. And they were shocked by that. They were like, what? And it was almost like you could see like this, this mental paradigm shattered in their mind. These, these elementary school students, middle school students, like, what? You're black and you don't play basketball? That was always interesting to, to come across those viewpoints um, where people make assumptions of what you can and can't do based on the color of your skin. You could thank Hollywood and Western media for that, I guess. You know, there's many antidotes anecdotal stories of other black men from not just the United States, but from other Western countries, from African countries, who, who can kind of vouch for that, that whole statement of like, we are just, uh, we're seen as not the same as white Westerners. And I'm gonna leave it at that. It may seem like I'm ragging on South Korea, uh, but I'm not because it's changing. When I first came here, it was really hard to find a black person. Uh, outside of the military zones and stuff. You know, if you're just on the countryside or if you're in a place that doesn't have a large U.S. military presence, it was damn near impossible to run into another black guy. Now, 10 years later, man, I see black people all over the damn place. And I'm not even close to a military base anymore. Um, matter of fact, I think I got about three or four other black people that live in my neighborhood. And with that change, a lot of the kids have gotten older. You know, they're now in middle school, high school. And they grew up uh, seeing and meeting black English teachers um, and black celebrities and I'm mean, not say celebrities. I'm talking about like, um, like local celebrities, not like, you know, worldwide celebrities. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this dude's riding a fucking scooter, cursing his ass off. <laughs> How are you going to be hard on a scooter, bro? <laughs> Anyways, and this kind of leads into something that happens more often than you might think, man. Uh, my daughter, she's in kindergarten. My wife and I walk her to school every morning and walk her home from school every day. And um, 
her classmates and other kids in the school, other kindergartners, they look at me, man. They stare at me like I'm a fucking alien. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they understand. They don't see many black people, man. But I had this little kid come up to me about maybe three weeks ago, and he asked me straight up. He's like, Africa saw the meal? Like, are you from Africa? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm American. <laughs> I'm definitely not African, bro. And you can see he, he kind of, you know, like these golden retrievers when they're like curious about something, do the head tilt. Your boy did the head tilt after I told him that. He, he just looked completely dazed and didn't know what to do with that information. But th this is just little examples. But you have to not take these as racist. I, like I said, a lot of a lot of black people come to Korea and they make the mistake of trying to box everything in as, as racism. You know, you may make an argument that it, these are microaggressions, but, well, not in the case of the kindergartner. He just is ignorant. He doesn't know. Uh, but yeah, adults, man, there's microaggressions all the fucking time. But it's not the overt, born-in-history uh, racism that we experience in the States, especially in the, in the South, uh, where I'm from. That's real racism. What I'm talking about here is, it's like the difference between, um, like, Eastern Asians and Southeastern Asians. You know, there's, a, there's, there's racism there, and it's mostly based off of the color of your skin, where as dark is seen as less and, and light is seen as right, you know? It, I don't take it as an attack on myself, attack on me. I don't. Because, firstly, I know my worth. You know, I'm highly educated. I'm highly successful in what I do. And um, I'm just a generally happy, easygoing um, guy. I'm a nice guy. But, you know, when those instances happen when, for example, an old grandma is looking at you and she starts touching your skin or touching your hair. I've had so many fucking old people just rub their hands across my fucking arm. And this is pre-COVID, uh, obviously. Um, but even now with <laughs> post-COVID, people still want to fucking touch you, you know? And it's weird because like, I don't know if they're trying to see if the color comes off or whatever. You know, funny thing is like, I have tattoos all over my arms and my shoulders and I'm fully tatted up and stuff. And I remember when uh, I got my whole left arm done here in South Korea. My left arm? Well, actually, both arms <laughs> done here in South Korea. And I remember my uh, tattoo artist, he was surprised. He was like, yo, your skin is just like Korean skin. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what? Our skin is skin is skin, bro. Like, but he was shocked that my skin felt like his and the, the tone of my skin. You know, usually your upper body is not that dark. You know, if you're a light-skinned guy like me, you know, it doesn't see a lot of sun. Um, and, and I think his skin was actually darker than mine, <laughs> but he was, he was just shocked by that. So that was, that was an interesting experience. Uh, he's real cool though, man. He didn't, and the thing is, he, it was no racism behind it. It was simply, he just didn't know. I made the mistake early on when I first came to Korea, uh, especially on like subways and just in restaurants and cafes and stuff, man. I would just find people of all ages just staring at me and I wasn't doing anything. You know, I'd just be drinking my coffee and studying, um, you know, just buying my own fucking business and you look up, you know, you just feel eyes on you. I would feel people just staring at me and I look up and sure enough, there'd be, you know, one, two or a group of people just fucking staring at me and right in my face. So that's something you just have to get used to. It's not anything threatening. Uh, mo most times I just kind of look at them and I do a little half smile and go about my business. I've actually had people come up to me asking they take a picture with me, uh, which was weird. <laughs> just taking pictures of random people. Uh, but yeah, it's evolved for black people in here in South Korea. If I compare 2013 when I first came out here to now, it is far easier to be a person of color in, in South Korea. Um, they're more understanding. Black people are seen in the media more. There's like YouTubers and models and, and singers who are um, half black or full black. And 
um, there's a lot more representation in the media. Now, there have been a few times where I think are worth you know, mentioning in terms of uh, how I've been treated negatively in South Korea. There are two groups of people that if I do get treated badly, which is very rare, it is always one of those two groups. And that is older male Koreans, like over the age of 50 and 20s, the 20s age group of Korean guys. <laughs> I have my own theories on why the younger guys might have problem with me. But as far as the older guys, I'm not really sure why. Maybe it has something to do with the past and, you know, military. The U.S. military was out here and stuff, um, or still is out here. But um, they tend to have a strong, like, nationalism about them. They built a country really fast. It was one of the poorest countries, actually, um, up until the 80s. And they went through a rapid development, only to be followed up with a huge economic crisis, 1997, 98. The country essentially went bankrupt and, and had a huge bailout from the uh, International Monetary Fund. So they went through a lot. Um, and so they hold a lot of uh, like patriotism and nationalism. I don't think that their negative feelings are necessarily directed at me as a black person as much as is directed at me as a foreigner, which I can accept. But that being said, I mean, it's not uncommon to you know, be waiting for the subway uh, next to an older guy looks at me and kind of gives me the up and down, like sizing me up and, you know, sucks his teeth and like, you know, this kind of thing. It's happened so many times. I've told my wife about it and so she knows. Uh, and it used to bother me, man. I'm not going to lie. It used to bother the shit out of me because it's like, what are you doing, bro? Like, why why are we having this exchange in while we're waiting for the subway? I'm just trying to get home, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's happened on more than one occasion, uh, especially on the subway, uh, particularly if I'm coming home late at night or something. And uh, he may be sitting across from me in the subway car. He would, he would just be staring right in my fucking face. And again, I told you staring's not always bad. It's just, you know, a lot of Korean people stare because there's just something different. But it, in these cases, for a fact, he's staring because he does not like what he sees. Eh, whatever, man. And like I said, the other group is usually like 20-somethings men. Uh, they have a tendency... And this is a small subset of, of Korean men. Uh, the, the vast majority of Korean guys are just like U.S. guys in that they're just doing their thing, man. Uh, I remember when I was uh, living out in Jeju, which is a little island off the southern coast of South Korea. Um, I was real big into like clubbing and going out to the bars. And uh, it was it was a, a fun time in my life. But uh, a lot of the bars and stuff, man, they had a problem with foreigners going in them. Um, and if you've ever been up to Seoul, uh, back when they had the, the, the U.S. military base up there, you've probably experienced this as well. Like the Korean-only bars, Korean-only clubs. Fortunately, I speak Korean and I have Korean friends um, who basically, you know, got me in to the a lot of the clubs and stuff. But there have been clubs where it's just been me and my foreign friends trying to go into the club. And uh, they straight up turned us away at the door. And on the way to the club, you know, you pass a lot of these groups of Korean guys who are also going, on, you know, as they call it in Korean, they're going hunting. Uh, basically, you know, they're looking for women and stuff. Like I said, same thing guys do in the States, man. But then they see me or any other guys are with and stuff, and they just suddenly, like, bow up, you know, like, kind of trying to make themselves look bigger and puff themselves up. And yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get at the details of, of the experiences that I've had. I've only been in a physical situation uh, twice in South Korea. Um, both times ended pretty much uneventfully. Um, but they did turn physical. But we probably could have done a better job of de-escalating those situations. That's the alcohol that kind of caused those problems. Anyways, point is, nobody really bothers black people, man. Uh, just people don't care. 
you know, and like I said, those two groups of people, if there ever is a problem, it's almost always one of those two. But believe it or not, man, middle-aged women love black guys. And I don't mean love and like they want to date us. I mean, they just, they just love us, man. Like I have had so many, we call them uh, emos uh, or ajamas, but mostly emo, which means like auntie, like in a, in a, endear, a term of endearment for a middle-aged woman. And I've had so many emos that took care of me, man. When I go to restaurants and stuff, the emo owner would give me extra food. She'd sit down at the table and talk with me and ask me questions. I had one lady try to hook me up with her daughter who works at Samsung. She's like, you, you know, I can introduce you to her. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to eat my fucking egg, bro. Like, <laughs> I loved you taking care of me and shit, but can I just eat in peace? Like, <laughs> my wife and I, we talk about this all the time. And she knows, she'll, she'll vouch, man. Even now, I'm married. My wife and I go out and emos love me, man. And also little kids, man. Little kids love the shit out of me. <laughs> and it's funny because I have a daughter, but I actually, I just don't like kids. Uh, I like my daughter. That's it. But little kids, man, they will come up to me, run up to me. I had one kid. I was sitting on my uh, phone waiting for my daughter to get out of school the other day. I was playing Pokemon Go, just burning, killing time. And this kid sit next to me. I think he's like seven years old. And he pulls out his phone. He's like, you play Pokemon Go? And he's asking me in Korean. I was like, yeah, I, I play when I'm bored and stuff. I'll play for a little bit. He's like, yeah, me too. I was like, oh, really? You caught anything? You got any good Pokemon? He's like, no, nah, not really. I was like, yeah, me neither. I don't have time to play. He's like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> like, he, he sat next to me. And we had like a 15-second awkward silence after that. He was just staring at my tattoos in my arm. And he's like, are, are those like real tattoos? I'm like, yeah, they're, they're real tattoos. <laughs> he's like looking at them and he's like, he touched them, like rubbing it. I'm like, okay, this is getting weird, bro. You know, going back to what I said at the beginning of the video, it, it's a double-edged sword because on most days, I feel a slight celebrity status in that I know anytime I step out of my house, people are going to be looking at me, which is really nice when you're single and you're trying to, you know, you know, get, you like the attention. To be honest with you, though, I'm older now. You know, I have a family, I have a daughter. I want to focus on my wife and my daughter, you know? When I go out with my wife and daughter, I just want to sit down and just be present with my daughter. But I always have to worry about people looking at me and looking at my wife or kids stopping and staring, the jaws drop to the floor as my wife and my daughter and I speak English and Korean interchangeably and fluidly. Sometimes the celebrity status gets old, okay? So that's the that's the bad side of it. But again, like I said at the beginning, generally speaking, my experience in Korea as a person of color has been one of the best experiences of my life, more than I can say about the United States. And it, it plays a big part in my decision of staying here for the rest of my life because at the end of the day, man, we all just want to be somewhere where we're accepted and loved, you know? And to say that you're fully accepted and loved in America, it's hard these days. Uh, shit's crazy, man. Uh, it's, it's hard, but at least I know here that if somebody is giving me shit for being black or being a foreigner, I know at least it's not based in some old racist type shit from the United States. You know, the historical slavery and all that. None of that plays a role here. It is simply, you're not Korean and you're not white. So I don't like you. As a black person, uh, it, it's important to always, always Remember that you are an ambassador, not for just America. You're an ambassador for all colored people, man. You know, people of color in, in South Korea, you have to represent. And you take that for what you want. Uh, what I always, I always do my best, especially because I'm representing not only myself, but I'm representing my wife. I'm representing my wife's family who took a risk on letting me marry their daughter. You know, I'm taking a risk for, you know, the people that come behind me. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, 
I don't want to be the dirty American, the ugly American, especially not the ugly black American. 